I'm David Poyser, a journalist, and welcome to the 18th episode of PESPOD. The Insider's Guide to the PES Network, made for European PESs. Today I'm with two experts who I know have a lot of really useful experience to share with everybody in the PES Network. I'm with Christina Fleischer, a very experienced external assessor with the PES Network Bench Learning Programme, who's been working on the programme since its beginning seven years ago. She's done around 20 assessments and outside the PES Network, she's Head of Job Seekers in the Croatian PES. Hi, Christina. Hi, David. I'm also with Bernd Becking, who's done about 27 external assessments. There may be technical problems when you hear him with a firewall. Um, he's recently, Bernd has recently been at the employment section of the European Commission since January 2021. And before that, Bernd spent 17 years at the German PES, including time as director of the Berlin area. Hi, Bernd. Hi, David. Good to listen to you. Thanks. Um, so, first of all, Christina, can you just tell us a bit? I think there's a plan, isn't there? There have been obviously virtual uh, benchmarking since COVID. And there's a plan, we think, from January 24. Is that right? Yes, the plan is to continue with the fourth cycle of uh, the bench learning exercise. And hopefully, from my side, that we are going to have those face-to-face, not virtual uh, site visits. As I am at the, from the beginning involved in this uh, type of exercise, I do know I experience both physical and virtual visits. So I honestly have to say that I prefer the physical because there is uh, quite a lot of interaction between uh, the participants, both the assessor side as well as the uh, hosting pest size. What we can see there is uh, some sort of uh, informal communication going on between the sessions before and uh, specifically after the official day is done. So my vote is for the physical visit. Although I have to admit there are some uh, benefits from the virtual visits as well, such as preparation meetings of the team and so on. So if uh, Bernd wants to to add something with my uh, response, please yes, do so. Thank you very much, Christina. I share your views, but I would like to add the following comment. Um, actually, from the commission side, we will introduce uh, a novelty in terms of that PES can decide in the next cycle, starting, by the way, January next year, how to do the assessment in terms of doing it virtually or physically, meaning that uh, by this uh, handling of the question, we want to respect the greening aspects, uh, reducing carbon emission by traveling flights, etc. So PES will probably uh, do have a choice whether they will do it virtually or physically. And I will be very curious how they will decide. That's a new feature in the next cycle. Yeah, I think we'll all be curious. That's really interesting. Thanks, Ben. So you mentioned that was the greening aspects you said, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. To make it more green, yeah. So could you both, um, why don't you go first this time, Ben? Just tell us about the third cycle. I know... um, Christina looked ahead to the fourth cycle, but the third cycle, and you could talk about how it's qualitative, not quantitative. Yeah. Um, First of all, um, I would like to uh, highlight once more, uh, we try to support 
improvements in each individual pass on performance to increase benefits for customers and employees. And we also want to support by qualitative assessment the PES managing the conductor role on the labor market by PES via effective governance and strong leadership. This is what's all about. Maybe we can go into depth uh, a little bit later, but it's important uh, once more again to underline what is our general objective doing such a kind of qualitative assessment. Um, Christina, if you want to add. Uh, well, I just wanted to say that before we even started with this project uh, as Benji Learning, regardless of the cycle, we have something that is called excellence model, which is the proof of the qualitative assessment for all passes. So we are all equally, I would say, marked or assessed based on the excellence model for each enabler that uh, I think the community of passes uh, do know what uh, what I'm talking about here. So there is no good or bad. There is no uh, larger or smaller pass. We are all assessed equally uh, based on the uh, qualitative description of each uh, segment of our everyday work. And perhaps, uh, David, I can complement in so far that uh, these eight sections with so-called 31 enablers describe a well-functioning model of a PES. And before we start the assessments, all 31 members of the network have to agree upon this excellence model that will be then assessed comparing reality in PES towards this model we apply. And perhaps, Christina, I also want to add what you already mentioned is there is no single blueprint for PES effectiveness that exists. And uh, so the possible good practices that come out later after the assessment need to be studied in depth and adopted for each pest, taking into consideration the specific context in which the pest operates. But this is, um, let's say, at the very end of the assessment and the recommendations we provide to each pest after the assessment. Well, if I may add one other thing, this type of exercise is basically the same from the start. Each of the passes can see the progress during these three cycles that this bench learning project uh, has been going on. So you can uh, compare yourself with other uh, countries, but also you can see uh, for yourself where are you at each moment of time. Because at the end, we do uh, have something that is called a maturity uh, of employment service. So for these each uh, enabler there is an assessment of maturity so you can see your progress over time thank you christina earlier and, I, and bernard can comment later you mentioned that all pairs are equal so mm -hmm. i mean I, earlier on with the french talked about pole emploi which must be one of the second largest or one of the largest in europe 
um, and obviously very sophisticated, and they said how much they had benefited from bench learning. Is there anything you could say about how, you know, small countries benefit, large countries benefit? Yes. Uh, I would like to, uh, to mention that each of our employment service is good in one field. During the time, and I witnessed that over, over this period of time, that some smaller employment service put a lot of effort in some section of their operations, and they are very, very developed. So bigger or larger employment service can learn this section from, from that smaller one. And vice versa, because we are all at the end governed by our governments. So uh, there is always an emphasis on one issue or several issues. So you go into development of that specific uh, topic that is very important for your country, for your government and so on. So you develop more things and countries that are not focused on that specific topic can learn from you. And it is been going on uh, actually since the beginning uh, through different types of, I would say, support, peer support. It was through a mutual learning uh, experience. It went through study visits and recently within the uh, thematic learning dialogue that we learn uh, from each other. Um, David, may maybe yeah, um, I can add in so far uh, referring, coming back once more again all, uh, to the term all PES are equal, there is no hierarchy. And this is really a beauty about the network, a beauty about the assessments. It's all about a peer-to-peer -peer exercise in each assessment. Let's say about four peer assessors coming from the network Uh, participate in the team and build the core of the team. So it's not a commission exercise, it's not a foreign exercise in terms of uh, contractor exercise, but it's uh, mainly a peer-to-peer -peer approach. And uh, this is also then, as a result, you can see that PES appreciate very much the recommendations and the final reports because they know it is not an examination, it's not an audit, it's a well-intended peer-to-peer approach. And uh, this is really the beauty about the entire exercise to mention. Thanks, Bert. And while I was chatting to you, we talked, uh, you talked about large countries and small countries. One of the successful things that all the feedback says, I think, is that how you always have a regional visit. So you meet the heads of office, you meet the bosses in the capital, and then you go out to a small regional office um, and you talk often to the people in the very front line. Yeah, indeed, that's the way we handle it. Perhaps I can uh, a bit explain how uh, an external assessment works. It all starts with the so-called self-assessment of the host PES. By the way, some PES even provided 200 pages of self-assessment. And this self-assessment compares vis-a-vis -vis the excellence model. And uh, they have to submit this self-assessment, let's say, uh, three or four weeks before we start the assessment. And then um, the, the assessors have to read very 
thoroughly this self-assessment and we prepare ourselves, the team, which uh, doesn't know, the members don't know usually among uh, each other before the assessment, in two prep meetings where we decide on the roles of an assessor. Everybody have to chair uh, or vice chair a session what parts uh, members of the team splits into uh, what session in the head office and in the local office, who participates in what sessions. And uh, it's also a, a prerequisite a necessity for, you know, the quality of uh, the assessment that we harmonize our questions after having read the self-assessment in order to ask similar questions in different local offices, for example. But it's also important to mention that uh, we keep flexibility for a smooth-running dialogue in all sessions. And as you rightly mentioned, we talk to the director general, we talk to the senior, the medium, top management, and of course, in the local offices to the frontliners. And for us, again, it's important to highlight that we do everything to avoid the impression of an audit or examination. Otherwise, you won't get a free running session. And we want to create a positive atmosphere of exchange in order, let's say, our intention is to double check what was said in the in the head office. And of course, and uh, many, many, many pests are very interested in uh, getting a feedback on new approaches, reach out to people working as frontliners with clients. And we could see everything in the last cycle. We saw uh, really excellent approaches to reach all colleagues. We call it at the last mile, so to speak. But we could also see that there had been good ideas, but they were unknown uh, in the local offices. That is important to mention. And it is one appreciated part of an assessment to get such a true reality check by the external assessor team. Christina, what do you mm -hmm. think about this? Yes, I just wanted to uh, to react on Bern. As, as he mentioned, we do the assessment uh, on the headquarters level and on the regional or local level. And what I like to say, the headquarter level is usually a theory, a policy level, and the regional level is uh, actually practice. And sometimes those worlds are different. And I have to say from my uh, own experience, because I worked on the regional level and now uh, on the on the headquarter level, one is a theory that it has to be done and you monitor uh, quite a lot of things. And uh, when you come to the uh, regional level, you have a customer in front of you. So all the theory that is going on on the uh, headquarter level uh, falls down. It doesn't work there. You have to have some sort of a maneuver space that you can work with the clients. So one level is a theory, the other one is practice. And uh, it is for us very important to see when we go to, to the local level, how things are actually done on the service, on the ground. The on the ground. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And um, just while we're talking about that, Christina, is there anything you wanted to say? Obviously, all the countries are very different. You know, one size doesn't fit all, particularly some countries, Poland, Spain would be, I think, two good examples, Very where there's very much a lot of regional power, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Yes, 
all the countries in the PEST network are different. So uh, there is a lot of diversity between uh, ourselves on the organizational policy level and so on. So you get to have an insight on different governances throughout Europe. For me, it was a learning experience because you know, you live in your own world, you know how your employment service is working and you think everybody else is working in the same way. It's not like that. So for me personally, all those differences that we have uh, is a learning experience. Uh, David, may I add in so mm. far uh, the examples you mentioned are all pests who are working and there are more pests, uh, more countries who are working in a decentralized mode of operation. Uh, Italy and Spain, uh, Denmark and the Finnish colleagues are moving towards such a system. It is of crucial importance, uh, the preparation phase for the assessors. Usually we do want to apply uh, assessors from decentralized pests coming. But this is not always possible. So we do have the thorough preparation for such a, a let's say, a, a kind of unusual framework for centralized pests. But um, all these assessments, and by the way, these are six pests in our network, run very well. Uh, uh, we are so flexible that we assess, for example, instead of in centralized pests, we just assess uh, two layers in the um, in the decentralized pests, we even assess uh, three management levels. And um, the result was that the recommendations which were provided were very much appreciated what we perceived in the closing session, but also in our survey we uh, carried out at the end of the last uh, of the third cycle, asking for you know, a feedback and, of course, uh, for proposals uh, for improvement in the next cycle. So, again, I want to underline we are very flexible to accommodate the framework in the assessments for each assessment. I can hear so much enthusiasm in your voice, Bant. Could you, uh, we're coming to the end, but could you just tell me how much it means to you all? Do you all get on with each other? when you go off as the uh, benchmarking assessment team? Actually, I must tell you, uh, there's this uh, community of the assessors, and I have to mention that uh, we did the last assessment with around 70 different assessors who accomplished uh, more than 120 uh, missions in assessment. Is one of the finest and the most devoted uh, communities I ever met in my working life. And uh, you can see this. Uh, I want to um, just explain this by two examples. The first one, during the last cycle, we had some assessors who had COVID, who were uh, with mild symptoms, but they had COVID during the assessment and they did not drop out of the team. So this is a clear proof of their devotion to the task. And uh, the second thing I want to mention is not just for the PES, an assessment is challenging, but also for the assessor team, because it's very intense. It's very dense in terms of timing. Um, and when we finish, for example, after three and a half days, our assessment at six o'clock, then work starts. Uh, for the next day, day, where we do have to present our first 
provisional recommendations where we do have a clear structure for this closing session to the hostess. And that needs uh, that we exchange emails and assessment contributions overnight to be ready for the closing session at uh, two o'clock uh, at the la very last day. And I and all the CESA community can be so proud of that uh, in the survey I just mentioned, more than 75% rated the quality of recommendations in this closing session, either with good or very good. Um, and uh, we do have a clear structure for this in terms of that we mentioned the area, we mentioned the status quo we found, we uh, elaborate on the room for improvement, and we provide suggestions and reference paths who can support. And in th this, all in all, makes it very simple for PES to follow what we found and what we suggest for room for improvement. And that is really, even though it's challenging, but a big fun to contribute in this mission and this task. I love your enthusiasm. Christina? Well, I think... Do you all ben... celebrate with a glass? <laughs> Do you get a glass of wine at the end after all that hard uh, work? Yes, <laughs> But only when you do have a, a, a physical visit, not when you are virtual. You have to you ha then you have to drink on your own, so it's not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bernd mentioned the feedback from the PES. Can you give an example? He said it's always good or excellent. Can you give any examples of where it's gone really well in your view? Well. I think every employment service has its own strengths. So we focus on on the strengths. Of course, there are uh, there are some areas that need to be improved. So what are the areas that we, uh, as an assessor team, uh, see that uh, there is a room for improvement? Uh, we also suggest uh, when you need to improve, you can ask uh, uh, colleagues from uh, I don't know this or that country. So it is very, very helpful for a hosting uh, employment service who wants to learn on who wants to improve in certain area to go and uh, look at uh, some other countries. And then at the end, they receive a, a written report. What I talked about, it is uh, oral report that we uh, bring them immediately after the assessment is done. And after that, we elaborate more into detail uh, in the in the physical uh, report. Bernd, Christina, any final thoughts? Yes, I would like to say that it has been a positive experience for me. And during all this time, I've uh, gained some good friends between uh, uh, our colleagues. So I would like to thank them all because I know how much effort it is put into organizing an, uh, such an event and providing us with uh, uh, very quality information. Any final thought, Bernd? Yes, David, I would like to add to the last thoughts of Christina, uh, not to forget and to mention our colleagues and uh, members who are not EU states. Explicitly, these are uh, Norway and Iceland, Iceland. and, uh, and uh, Fürstentum Liechtenstein. These are really proactive members of our network. I uh, want to underline this because we should not forget and uh, say this is just an EU network. It's a European network. And all the colleagues contribute, for example, Norway 
carried out a thematic learning dialogue on organizational resilience, where we got a lot of uh, very helpful insights on risk management uh, related, for example, uh, where the colleagues mentioned deadly impacts in recent years and what conclusions were drawn in Norway and to provide this to the network. So I just want to conclude by saying it's a great network, even though it does have 31 members, I think all contribute and it's really a pleasure. And I uh, promote the idea to become an assessor. If somebody of the listeners uh, as an expert in past working, he or she should apply uh, to the senior management of his head office and they are all cordially invited to contribute to this brilliant European um, endeavor. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Thanks, Bernd. You're welcome. And thank you, Christina. Thank you. Well, it's a, I'm afraid it's a little tear from me now and from the technical producer, Mark, as producing PESPOD's been more than just a job. You've heard the enthusiasm there of Bernd and Christina, and we've really enjoyed working with the PES Network, not just today's episode, as you've heard, but so many episodes have shown the fantastic work the PES Network and how working together has helped all the pairs do their job better. That's really got to be great for millions of job seekers across Europe. So we'd like to give a huge thank you to everyone who's kindly given up their time to chat on PESPOD, as well as Bernd and Christina, all the episodes before that, and also to everyone at the European Commission and the PES Network, particularly Johannes Kopp, who've worked with us and who've made the success this series has been. And of course, thanks to you, the listeners. If you have any comments on PESPOD, then just send us an email. The email is, as always, empl-pes-secretariat at ec.europa.eu. That email is also on the PESPOD show notes. There'll be a new series of podcasts and you'll hear all about it from the usual PES Network channels. PESPOD was produced for the PES Network by the European Commission with technical support from Econ Institute. The technical producer has been Mark Bota. Thank you all for listening. This is David Poyser saying his last goodbye on behalf of the PESPOD team.